I know exactly what you need in your life. More practice squad. So give us a follow on Instagram at practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Our posts are phenomenal. Our stories probably even better and our hairlines undefeated. Again, that's practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Check it out and give us a follow. Squad out. Hello, squad. Welcome back to the newest episode. I'm your host, Jeff Orton, and joined with me today is our producer, Easy E. What up, what up? Joe is currently working on something, but we are proud of him, and we are going to take this episode for this week. So let's talk about some basketball, shall we? Yeah, let's talk basketball. We're talking NCAA men's basketball. Specifically located here in the state of Utah. Shall we start with our uh, roaring Cougars here out of the city of Provo? <laughs> Cougars, first off, they don't roar. They purr. Rawr, rawr, and they'll make little growl noises. But, you know, they're, they're stealth predators. So roaring ain't a big deal for them. Ain't no thing. They hiss. They don't roar. Do you think they were hissing last night at St. Mary's in that game? Or what, what do you think happened? What I think happened is that they forgot how to play basketball. They, they were playing like it was 1990 and that Yoeli Childs was Patrick Ewing. They were just throwing it down low to him. It's like, all right, Yoeli, uh, make something happen with three dudes draped all over you. It's not like we have the advantage at the guard position at all or anything like that. <laughs> so to give some background of this game, uh, this game, Monday night, BYU playing St. Mary's in the semifinals. Uh, both teams laying absolute eggs. I didn't know Cougars can lay eggs, but my goodness, the the egg was laid, and I don't know if it cracked or if it was destroyed, but all I can say, BYU made six field goals in the second half and lost by a point. Let me just say that again to our audience out there. BYU made a total of six field goals in the second half and only lost by a point. In fact, they were actually winning with a minute left in the game and lost on a last second shot by Ford from St. Mary's to win the game for them. Absolutely one of the worst games I've ever watched. I actually enjoyed watching it because it was so bad. It was kind of humorous, but my goodness, that was not a pretty performance by either team, but especially BOU who at that time had a net ranking from NCAA as nine. They were ranked as a net ranking of nine in the country. And then, laid an egg like that so because when when you watch the game yeah it it was humorous how bad it was but there was so little ball movement it was just dump it off to ule in the post and honestly watching it it was kind of reminding me of the all-star game the end of it the last quarter when they're trying to get to a certain score and they're just whacking each other with two by fours (laughs) i could not believe the level of ineptitude that i saw because it was something I you don't really see a lot. It's not often that a team makes only six field goals in the second half of a basketball game, but BYU did it. I and mean, like you said, the crazy part about this is that they only lost by one point. They sucked that bad and only lost by one point. Which may, like brings me to a question. Do you think it was BYU just playing that bad, or was it both teams playing so hard defensively that it was kind of created chaos on both sides of the court? I think it was a mix of both because, yeah, they both sucked the booty. Yes. Right? They laid the egg. They screwed the pooch. Mm-hmm. They did all the metaphors. But then the game was so physical on the other end that it was hard. When you're playing that bad and it's playing super-duper physical, it's like 
when you're playing 21 against your buddies and you're at 20 and it you're just playing whack-a-mole with the two by four whacking people in the back smacking them cracking them on the head and that's what that game turned into that paired with the offensive stupidness that was going on just made for a really tough game to watch yeah so you were talking about yoli childs being the guy that was getting the ball 24 7 so to give you some statistics here so yoli scored 23 points billy only scored 50 by the way they only scored a total of 50 points yoli scored about half 11 more came from jake tools in one of those premier guards that we were talking about the next highest score was five points by tj hawes five points by gavin baxter and then two other guys scored three that is it if that's the level of production you're getting from Toulson and Hawes, you're losing the game. I don't care how good of a game Yoli has. Well, and a lot of people were extremely high on BOU's performance. So don't get me wrong. I am a BOU fan. I love them. This team has been really, really good throughout the entire year. They've been in great teams like Gonzaga. They've almost been in great teams like Kansas and San Diego State. They've played a lot of really tough teams, and they've beaten a lot of these teams. They've even beaten St. Mary's. So for BOU to kind of walk in and lay an egg like this, it makes me really worried, but I'm happy it was in the semifinals at a WCC conference and not in the NCAA tournament because if this were to happen on a national scale, that would have been really bad. Like more national than the, the, the WCC tournament. But either way, it was ugly. And at least St. Mary's looked really bad too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you guys aren't going to score more combined points in a game than LSU versus Alabama in football, and that's going to be a tough watch. But like you said, I, I want the Cougars to succeed because I love Utah and I want sports in this great state to do well. However, uh, yeah, if they if they go in the first round playing a game like this, they're going out in the first round. They, they need to play better basketball. Yeah, you just kind of hope that in a case like this, which team is going to show up for BYU? The team that beat Gonzaga at home? Or does team now lost by one point but only scoring 50 points against St. Mary's? It was really two sides of the table. I've seen the best BOU team play this year, and I've seen the worst BOU play, team play this year. So with that being said, we're kind of going forward with the NCAA tournament, Easy, what do you think they're going to be projected as? What is there going to be their seed this Sunday when they're selected? I think they're going to be a nine seed. They're, they're going to be in the back end because – they lost this game to St. Mary's team, which they should have beaten. And, I mean, they're too trick-or-treat to be that much higher of a seed. I am going to say a six seed a little bit higher. And the only reason why is because St. Mary's was also projected to be, you know, not only an NCAA tournament, but they're 26-7. and seven. Their net ranking before this game was 30. Also, that net ranking has gone up higher since beating BYU. Um but with that being said, six is hopeful as a BOE fan. Like that's what I want them to be. I want them to play the lowest seed possible. But realistically, it's probably going to be around a seven or eight, just especially after a game like this that looks so bad. It helps that St. Mary's looked really bad. I'm glad it wasn't like 85 to 50, which it could have easily been if St. Mary's actually showed up too. So that seems fair. That seems fair, and it, that's still hopeful. I mean, it's not like they're an 11 seed trying to play up against like a six seed. They have a chance to still make a little bit of a run, but they're gonna have to play some of the best basketball they've played this entire year. Yeah, they're gonna have to play against the like they played against Gonzaga consistently. They're gonna have to be moving the ball, moving really quick off the break, and like you said, hopefully they're a higher seed. But we'll see what happens, and hopefully they make a very deep run and make Utah basketball proud. 
Speaking of the state of Utah, we had actually one team that had a fantastic weekend. Let's talk about our uh, our Aggies from Logan. Uh, Utah State pulling off the huge upset against San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Yeah, San Diego State, they were projected to be a one seed going into this game, and Sam Merrill had a game of his life. Rather. Talk about a game, yeah. The dudes just showed up to play. He scored 27 points, almost shooting 50%. He hit six three-pointers in the game, including the one with three seconds left in the game to seal the deal for the Aggies. Huge win for them. They were kind of one of those teams that was on the bubble until they solidified it with this win against San Diego State because not only did they get a signature win, they got a championship. So they're in for sure. Obviously, this year for them, they're 26-8. and eight. In the Mountain West, they've always been around the second seed. But I believe only two teams are going to make it from the Mountain West this year, which is San Diego State and Utah State. So that being said, you know, they have a lot of talent on the team. If those who don't know the Aggies very well, they have at center Kata, who was actually projected to go be drafted in the NBA last year, but he decided to withhold from that and wait one more year to get some more experience. You have Sam Merrill, who, I mean, go watch the highlight yourself. I mean, the dude can ball. You even got guys... They didn't necessarily perform extremely well in the game, but they're really loaded on the bench. They bring in about eight to nine guys who can really play basketball well. But if you have this dude, Sam Merrill, playing as good as he did against San Diego State against every team, they have a chance to win. Yeah, they definitely have some size with Kata. He's an NBA size big. Uh, it's good that he waited because, man, this, this year's draft is going to be really bad so he might actually <laughs> he he lucked out on that draw yeah he did that imagine a... him trying to get drafted with zion and jaw and yeah jackson hayes oh my god and other people so uh he, he's gonna that's a good decision by him to to wait he'll get some contract security if he does get drafted however uh sam merrill is the real story here he's a six five wing with good size he's a great shooter shot 40 percent from three in this game and 45 percent from the field He's a really efficient scorer. He's a senior. He's really smart with the ball, can handle it, and knows how to distribute the ball as well. So I really like Utah State going in because if you have a player like that that can really break games in your favor, there's a chance that you do good. And, and the reason they lost out in the first round last time, Sam Merrill had a bad game. So they live and die with him, and hopefully you know, they, they put it together and make it a couple rounds deep in the tourney. So with that being said, I've got two questions for you. Let's start with the home team first. Where do you think Utah State will be projected seed-wise this upcoming Sunday? Yeah, I think they're going to be like a seven seed because they won their conference. They beat San Diego State. Like you said, they have a signature win, but they were on the bubble. They would have been like first three out if Selection Sunday had happened and they hadn't won the conference tournament. So I don't think they're going to be too high of a seed. I'm going to go with actually 7-2. Um, just because of that statement, uh, they've been playing hot as of recently. A lot of the losses came towards the beginning of the season. Like you said, they live and kind of die with Sam Merrill, but when the dude's playing as good as he is, why doubt them? Uh, and they also got a lot of momentum going forward. Uh, when you win a signature game like this, especially before the NCAA tournament, it reminds me of that UConn run back in the day with Kemba Walker, when they just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and that ball just kept rolling for them. And they weren't necessarily the highest-ranked seeded team. You know, like, they were only ninth, but they ended up going and winning the whole thing. So, not saying that Utah State or BYU could do that, but you never know. Um, that's what makes March Madness so fun. So, I got one last question for you. Um, with March Madness coming up, 
it's just the most glorious month of the year. It's honestly like the funnest 16 days of my life. That's right. Watching basketball games over and over and over again. Do you have a favorite memory of March Madness? Man, my favorite memory of March Madness, looking back, it's got to be the Florida-Ohio State game from a couple years ago. When or maybe it was the Florida Wisconsin game, I can't remember, but it was it was the one where Florida was down five with six eight, six six seconds left, and I'm like, okay, the game's over. And I looked down at my phone, and it said that Florida had won. And I was like, wait, what? And I turned it on, and I saw the highlight. He made a layup, cut it down to. They're down four. That's what it was. They're down four, so he cut it down to two, and then he sunk a buzzer beater three my to get Florida the dub. And I was thinking, man. That is why I love March Madness. Oh, I, I, those were those were some fun Florida teams too back in the day. Um, from it, it wasn't Joakim Noah or Al Horford no. or anything, or even Bradley Bill. But it it, it was uh, I can't even remember this dude's name. He was some white guy. This just, this was a few years ago, right? Yeah, like, this is two years ago. I think it was against Wisconsin because I picked them to go to the Final Four, and I was super mad that right. Wisconsin lost. <laughs> Um, that's one thing. Like, though it's awesome that one team wins, you're also like deep down hurt because it affects your bracket and <laughs> yeah. family pride gets lost, and you know yeah. bets bets are lost. But, anyways, my favorite memory was actually the championship game with North Carolina Villanova. All those who are big uh, NCAA basketball fans will recognize this game, championship game. Uh, North Carolina just barely hit a shot with about five seconds left to go up. And Villanova was down two. They come down. They just drew up this beautiful play, which the guy that passed the ball in ended up being the receiving end of the ball at the end to shoot the game-winning three. And on the last second, just one of the wettest shots I've ever seen. Sinks the shot. Villanova wins. Fans storm the court. It was genuinely probably the funnest championship game I've ever watched in basketball. Uh, besides LeBron and the Warriors, where LeBron balked it. Uh, NBA is a different story, but for NCAA basketball, that is for me my favorite moment. Yeah, well, with those favorite moments, we'll wrap up this segment. Hope you all enjoy March Madness half as much as we do, and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Here at the practice squad, we obviously love sports. And when it's time for us to work out, we want to emulate the athletes we talk about each week. And in Utah, there's only one place we can train like an athlete. At the Training Room, located at 710 South, Utah Valley Drive, American Fork, Utah, 84003. Here they offer on-site sports medicines for all members, which includes deep tissue massage, physical therapy, chiropractic adjustments, and injury prevention training. Lord knows we need that. Beyond the standard memberships, they offer personal and group training classes like their own unique hype training. Other classes include Muay Thai boxing, pre- and postnatal yoga, and for younger athletes, they offer sports-specific strength and conditioning training for individuals and teams. Head over, tell them the practice squad sent you. Peace. All right, welcome back. LeBron James is king. Is he, though? Yeah, he really is. I like actually, Kyle Kuzma put the crown on him. It's official. I actually do agree with you on that. I was just... Yeah, you're trying to be my Max, your Max Kellerman to my Stephen A, huh? Should I show you the opposition? You know, I watched First Take quite a bit, and Max Kellerman, even this week, literally, I watched the video yesterday, is still saying Giannis is the best. Giannis is among the best, but LeBron is on another freaking planet, dude. So this weekend, man, 
He took on not only the Bucks, healthy. He took on the Clippers, healthy. Faced Giannis head on. Faced Kawhi head on. And beat them both. Fairly, not like convincing, like both, all the players played really well. Like Giannis scored 30. I think Kawhi had 26, something like that. But man, LeBron proved again in his 17th year in the NBA that he still runs the show. Yeah, so just to keep in mind, this is his 16th season. So no other player from his draft class is, well, let me take that back. Carmelo Anthony's still in the league. But is he, though? (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of in and out of the league. So that's the only other player from their draft class that is still in the league. LeBron versus Milwaukee, 36 minutes, 37 points, 83 pounds, 8 assists. Versus LA, 35 minutes, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. That is MVP-level production in his 16th season. He's 34 years old. He turns 35 this season. The man is from another planet. He's an alien. This is something we haven't seen since Carl Malone and Kareem. He's an amazing, amazing basketball player, and I think he totally deserves the MVP award this year. I agree with that. And the one thing that's been really impressive with this year for me is not only has his numbers been consistent scoring-wise, but his assist numbers have been unreal. He currently leads the league at 10.3 assists. The next closest is Trey Young with 9.3. This is a six foot nine small forward. And you said it there, 16th year. Leads the NBA in assists. And these are like, I mean, you could watch all the highlights right here. These are pretty passes, too. The dude is the ultimate floor general. I don't think I've seen a guy run the floor this well at his size since Magic. Genuinely. And I mean, we all talk about how Magic is the best point guard of all time. LeBron can arguably be the best point guard in the league right now the way he's playing basketball obviously we put him at small forward just because of you know sanity's sake he's 6'9 and he's 280 like he can't be a point guard i it's just crazy but that's who i when you watch lebron playing in the lakers uniform and doing what he's doing right now it reminds me of magic it really does yeah you, you could say that Ma- magic wasn't built like carl malone though he couldn't shoot as good as lebron does i mean you saw him pull up from the logo Oh my gosh, that was such a crazy shot. I mean, that was so crazy. He pulled up with almost confidence. Do you remember when Paul George called off the passer and then just shot it? It was the exact same shot, really, that LeBron did from the same distance. You know what's funny is that Paul George, when you're talking about guarding Damian Lillard, he's like, what did you want me to do? Like, that was a bad shot. That's 40 feet away from the basket. You expect me to guard that? But here's the thing. That was a bad shot, but those he's on the level that he makes those bad shots. So, obviously, the competition right now for the MVP race. You got LeBron, you got Giannis, and probably Russell. No. Those are the candidates. Luka's gotten some noise just because people love Luka. James Harden's going to get noise because, frick, NBA loves James Harden. Everybody else hates James Harden. He's playing super bad right now, by the way. (laughs) It makes me so happy. Like, I'm so happy Russell Westbrook's become the best player in that team. That's a whole separate conversation for later, but... LeBron, if I had to vote today, he's got mine. Oh, hail King LeBron. And you know what? Good for the Lakers, man. Do you think they could beat the Clippers in the West and then potentially beat the Bucks for the championship? 
yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship this year. As much as it pains me to say so, because I love the Utah Jazz, and I, I had this insane idea that this was their year this year, but it's not. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I was like, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a bunch of washed-up wings. Is this really going to be working out? And you know what? They proved me wrong. I didn't think that their supporting cast would be that great. They've been incredible. Alex Caruso stepped up, and Kyle Kuzma, he's really stepped up defensively. He's accepted the that he's not gonna he's not gonna have the ball as much as he did when they were the baby Lakers and be relied on to score. So he's been using his size and his athleticism to guard the larger wings and to box out people in the snag rebounds. I'm really, really proud of this Lakers team and I expect LeBron to lead them all the way and win that title for Kobe. What's crazy for me is when I had predicted them to be first in regular season, I just thought because LeBron and Anthony Davis would be playing that much harder than everybody else. And to be fair, you know, they are still arguably the best duo in the league right now. You could also look at Kawhi and PG, but Paul George isn't playing as good. You could look at Russell and Harden. Harden isn't playing as good. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel, health issues, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, prayers for Ben Simmons. This isn't how I wanted you to go out. I wanted you to get blocked really hard and lose, but I didn't want you to hurt your back. That was like the last thing I wanted for you. I actually respect you a lot for saying that because I know how much you hate Philadelphia, just the team itself, like the 76ers. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i going to pat you on the back. You can't hear this at home, but this is a virtual patting on the back, if you could hear that. And now back to what I was going to say before. LeBron going forward in the playoffs, he's playing extremely aggressively right now, and I don't see him stopping. And I see him playing potentially harder. Because LeBron in the playoffs is a whole nother beast. We all remember when he took the Cavs to the championship with that washed-up team that they had before. And they beat a lot of good teams, too. Like, yes, the East is not as strong as the West. But that man carried the Cavaliers to another championship where then they got swept by the Warriors. But they almost won a few games if it wasn't for, you know, guys like J.R. Smith ruining the moment. And we could talk about other instances as well. But if you don't think LeBron is going to be capable of winning the championship in L.A., think again because he's coming. He's definitely got a lot of you know, obstacles in a way. Kawhi is easily probably the hardest thing that he's going to have to pass. Because I still believe Kawhi is arguably the best player in the league. It's between him and LeBron. Right now, I would say LeBron. But Kawhi is up and coming. Yeah, people said that Kawhi smoked him, but actually LeBron was one for four against Kawhi. And also... Kawhi had just is an amazing player. So, yeah, Kawhi and Paul George is definitely their biggest obstacle. People have been saying the Clippers have been up and down, but they haven't played together very often. I think they're something like 20 and 5 when they play together. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, so we'll see it come playoff time that they're going to be sharing the floor together. The Clippers are an elite defensive and offensive team. So I, I expect them to be the biggest challenge that they face outside of Giannis and the Bucks. Well, that sounds pretty darn good to me, easy. Um, again, LeBron is king. Do you have any other comments before we depart? Maybe something about the Jazz. <laughs> huh. uh, Boyan is the straw that serves the drink. I'll, I'll say that. If Boyan has a good game, we usually win. If he doesn't, we lose. Uh, that's my that's my Jazz take from this week. But, I mean, we just won five in a row. That You know what? That, that Boston one was impressive. Yeah. And it was actually fun to watch Mike Conley have a really good game. The, easily the best game out of the whole team. Mm-hmm. It's not consistent yet, but it's nice to see that it's still potentially there. 
Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what the Jazz do. I'm just going to park my expectations at low. Yeah, I am prayerful that we get a four seed. And if we get a five seed, I hope the Thunder just have a tear at the end of the year and take the four. Like, the, the, like I want to play the Thunder. That's who no, I want to play. I, I don't want to play the Thunder. Do you want to play the Rockets? Huh. Dude, it's like choosing between getting hit by a bus and getting hit by a train. And a train being Russell Westbrook. Yeah, or maybe just like two different buses. It's like you can either get hit by this bus or that bus. It's like, do I have to get hit by a bus at all? No. I, w- I wish I, I didn't have to. The, the ideal would be that we snag the three seed from Denver. We're not that far back from them. No, we're not. But, no. man, we we really need to put together some consistent stretches here against good teams to win. Yeah, I agree with that. One thing I've noticed is that Rudy Gobert's offensive efficiency has gone down a little bit. I don't think that's necessarily on him, but I think teams have kind of finally figured out how to, you know, not get beat by him whether that means spreading the floor defensively or forcing him to come out really far deep on screen so he can't just roll and dunk every single time. Uh, These past few games, he hasn't been scoring as much, less than 10 almost every game. And it's shown uh, we missed that efficiency offensively. You saw last night, I mean, Joe Ingles had 20. Everybody else had like barely 11, barely 13. But they were like bad shooting nights. Like Donovan was three for 16. Mike Conley was like, three for 12 Boyan was like two of eight yeah I, I looked at my phone just to see what the stats were Royce O'Neal was our leading scorer in the third quarter I'm like oh well even though this is kind of a close game we're not winning if Royce O'Neal's our leading scorer and he's not scoring 40 then we're toast yeah I couldn't say better than that I'm hopeful that the Jazz can finish strong um I don't know if I'm as hopeful for the Jazz finishing strong as BYU winning maybe two games in the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm hopeful. I I do what I can to be hopeful. It doesn't usually work out at the end. But you know what? That's what makes it fun. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I still believe in you. Rudy Gobert, I still believe in you. I think you're both championship-level players and talents. Uh, I really just hope to God that we put it together, man. (laughs) Just one time in my life that the Jazz can win the Larry O'Brien trophy. Please, Lord. We will be at that parade. We will be painted face, belly, not full uh, body. We don't want to do that. that that's I, a little gross. I'd rather just wear my jazz stuff, man. <laughs> Can I just wear my jazz stuff and just be happy? I just want a biggest J on my body. Okay, we'll just we'll all be in normal clothes, and you'll just have a J on your body. How about that? That sounds excellent. Take Perfect. note. Take note. Take note, man. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Like always, uh, be good or be good at it. Squat out. Hello squad, this is Easy e coming at you to say that if you've ever had a desire to kick ass, then head on over to Draper Kenpo. Black Belt Master Gator Conley will teach you how to chomp on the competition. At Draper Kenpo, a student learns self-respect, discipline, agility, and most importantly, how to kick that ass. Call or text for information at 801-810-5772. That number again is 801-810-5772. Now, karate chop your way to Draper Kempo at 720 East and 10,600 South in Sandy. Hiya! Squad out.